If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Okay, welcome back to Horse Chats. Today we've got back on Julianne Humphreys, and you know that Julianne's absolutely passionate when she comes on here, and she's following up now on the Brumbies and the story there. We have talked to Jenny Solomon in the past, who's a local in the Snowy Mountains, or she lives at Cooma, I think, near the Snowy, North Snowy Mountains, and she was telling us about the unrealistic numbers and the possibility of starting aerial shooting again. We're just going to talk to uh, Julianne, because she'll be able to give us an overview on the whole situation. Before I do that, though, I just want to remind you about the vision of International Horse College, and that's to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, and that's not happening at the moment. So if you've got the same vision as International Horse College, then have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com registered training organisation 31352. Now, Julianne, are you there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Glennis. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And welcome back. We've talked to uh, Jenny Solomon about the unrealistic numbers that she said, and she's a local in the area, but unrealistic numbers that have come up with the um, Brumbies, certainly in the North Snowy River. But you've got a bit of an overview that you're going to be able to give us. So, Tell us a bit about Brumbies, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, Australians have heard and like we've heard of Mustangs in America and apparently there's far more Brumbies within Australia than there are Mustangs in America. But tell us a little bit about the heritage of Brumbies because they're a bit of an Australian icon. Well, they're absolutely an Australian icon, Glennis. Like, uh, you know, they they played a huge role in colonising our country. Um you know, they, they went to war for us. They were a, a huge role in our military in, in several wars. Um, they were transport in the gold rush days. They even used for the mounted police. You know, these horses, they, they really, really, <laughs> beyond earned their stripes. Uh, and then they were let go. Now, you know, we chose to let them go. And they've lived very harmoniously, coexistent in the wild ever since. And, you know, now here we are in this position. It's, it's appalling. You're like They are really are uh, a huge part of Australia's heritage and they really, really should be looked after. Okay. So tell us then about, you know, because I'm familiar with the Brumbies in Queensland, which just because they're all Brumbies, but the ones in the Snowy Mountains are ones that have been let go. Tell us a little bit about their confirmation. Yeah, great. Um, well, given that they they started out as war horses and, and horses that were used for um, work, uh, they're a really hardy, strong-backed, sturdy-legged horse. Um, they're, they're of solid colour normally, although... Boy, oh boy, there's some pretty colours out there. Um, some of them are more athletic than others. So you get some very, very um, stout-looking, strong builds, and you also get the more, a little bit more slender builds, of course. Um, 
you know, which really makes them a very usable animal in all departments. Their hooves are second to none. I've worked with a lot of brumbies in my time and I've always seen the hoof under the animal as just the it's a it's a dense quality of hoof. It's normally black and it's normally um, really good angles. I'm um, I'm yet to find a brumby with with four hooves, um, and they're not a large hoof. They're you know a smallish, really well conformed hoof. Um, their head is normally uh, broad between the eyes, which in my opinion says veins. And they've got normally a long head with a short mouth, which when you're riding them, I'll argue that this helps with leverage. So it actually makes the pony very light in the hand, naturally. Um, It makes for a perfect all-rounder and it makes for a beautiful kid's pony. Um, And, you know, their temperament, temperament second to none. It's a very trainable animal. It's a very sensible and very quiet animal. Um, They're a very trusting animal, and I think that's why they're an easy target, to be honest, Glenys. Now, when Jen Solomon came on the previous podcast, she said that the two main things that she would like to see is to get a true count of the Brumbies because apparently some were saying, you know, there's some reports that there's 19,000 there and she said, well, you know, there's not that many there. She can't see anywhere near that amount. But also she said, what's the true damage? Because, you know, we talk about people and roads and everything else. She said apparently there's some damage in one of the dams, but the dams had all the water let out of it, so the Brumbies have to go down beyond the normal water level and they've made a bit of mud going into the water there. But, you know, let's look at the true damage. How many numbers are there in the true damage? So do you want to talk about even the environment there? You know, you're saying that they're healthy for the environment? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is where, from my perspective mm-hmm. I'm looking at it through the eyes of uh, a person that's worked with horses professionally for many years and a, and a true passionate person about horses um, and the environment um, and so I'm loving the fact that we're we're drawing some people into the conversation that actually live there and they know firsthand exactly what's going on for me I've been talking to the people that live up there for many years now about the subject and what I can gather is that you know the Brumbies when the numbers were in existence they would keep the underscrub at bay which you know effectively made safe for flora and fauna in the case of bushfires the um, the specialists who are out in the field studying the uh, the environment, have seen where the Brumbies have also kept the serrated tussock under control while they've actually helped with the spread of native grasses. Um, you know, Brumbies, they do not rub on trees uh, like deer and goats. Um, they don't eat the trees like deer and goats. They do not bulldoze the trees and plough the ground like pigs. 
uh, brumbies are not meat eaters, so they are not predators like cats and dogs that threaten native animals. In fact, <laughs> it's, the fellas that have been up there lately have even seen the frogs, the beloved Kurobri frogs, uh, spawning in the puddles where the brumbies reside. So both the frogs and the horses, now this is a fact that anyone, you know, you, you, this is just fact. Frogs and horses only live where there's clean, fresh water. Uh, without pristine waterways, frogs and horses both, they're both a species that struggle to survive. Um, horses, they're a grazing animal. They tops of the grass, leaving the root system and about 10 centimetres of the stem untouched, unlike deer and goats who eat to the ground. Being a grazing animal also means that they move slowly to fresh pick and they won't ever devastate one area. Uh, whether it be in the bush or along the waterway or out on the plains, they're actually, as far as I see them, to be, you know, when I put all those factors together, I'd actually, if I was living up there, I would feel much better about the environment I would feel that the environment's much safer. I would feel that my life is much safer um, with the Brumbies on board, um, given that, as I say, from my perspective, I know what it's like to live in an area of 30 years of untouched undergrowth in the bushfires of the uh, 1920, you know, 2019 New Year, mm-hmm. in 2020 New Year. Um, so, you know, I lived for 11 weeks through that bushfire myself on the Yurubadala South Coast, yep. New South Wales. Um, so I know firsthand what it's like to live with untouched undergrowth. Um, and, you know, b- believe me, it's not a place you want to be. Uh, I would I would love it if there was an animal just, you know, quietly mowing through the bush and just keeping me under scrub at bay around here. It would be a delight. Um, but, yeah, so that's what they've got up there at present. Um, probably don't have enough to do the job. I think they're... The last bushfire actually did wipe out some of those iconic huts and it wiped out a lot of the native animals and and so on uh, because the numbers of bumbies simply aren't there. Um, but, so, um, yeah, so if they're untouched at the 3,000 that they're meant to be, you might actually have the environment quite healthy like it has been for a long time, like, you know, prior to all this squabbling and arguing about killing them. So what about the 19,000 number that's come up with? How do you rate that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you've come up with a 19 because the one that's been splattered all over the media, get this, it's so broad. It's it, The number that I've seen most splattered around, it says between fourteen and 23,000 horses. Now, that's a huge discrepancy in itself. <laughs> mm. It's just ridiculous. So uh, I just wrote a little thing here. You know, the government have admitted that the methodology used for counting the Brumbies does not work and that without doubt their own figures are incorrect. They've already admitted that. That's interesting. 
Isn't that interesting? Mm. Mm. However, they're still killing them. They're still they're still up there on foot killing them and trucking them out by the oh golly fifty odd horses, seventy nine horses, trucks and trucks of them coming out. They go to the slaughterhouse. They go to rehomers. They go to wherever they don't care. Um, yeah, and then so the legislation currently states that um, three thousand brumbies are to be protected and allowed to live naturally in the wild. That's the legislation currently. Aerial culling is currently banned. Now, Claire Galea, she's an independent researcher, so she has she has nothing to do with rumbies necessarily. She has nothing to do with the government. She's got no hidden agenda to this whatsoever. Now, she did a count just because that's her profession is counting figures. She's already found and she's gone on, you know, interviewed by Ray Hadley and so on and really um, actually advertised what she's found because it's so absurd. It's so amazing. Um, the government uh, figures are biologically impossible. To get remotely close to this, what you called it in the middle, you went 19,000. We'll go with that. So to get remotely close to that figure, every single mare up there, this is just Kosciuszko. This is not even counting all the other places around. But to get remotely close to that figure, every single mare would have to be producing litters of seven foals per year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay. (laughs) How good is that? Yeah, yeah. That is unbelievable, isn't it? Yes. Our government actually advertised this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> What's going on? Like, it's, they're, they're, so our mares are not only every single mare of foaling age; they're not only every single mare is in season at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, not every single mare they have a uh, successful birth, um, and the foal actually lives. Like the wild dogs don't get in and eat it first, uh, but yet. They've got to have seven of them a year, mind you. <laughs> now, anyone listening to this will know that a mare, if all the stars align, they can only have one foal a year. <laughs> mm, mm. Like, it's absurd. It's just, that's, that's how they, to get remotely close to their 19,000, that's what has to happen. So they're pretty special horses up there. They have wow. a little Wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> According to the government. Yep. Okay. Amazing. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine 
maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. So the cull, you know, they stopped the aerial culling a while ago. Now, why did they stop the aerial culling? Well, golly, why did they stop it? Yeah. Why did they stop it? Um, I think they stopped it. Actually, the, the main story that I heard that was closest to the truth is that there was people up there that were nearly getting shot on their own property. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Seriously. That's what I heard that was closest to the truth. Oh. Um, I, you know, one would have to speculate that, um, you know, they, they stopped the aerial culling, win a few more votes, get voted in, and then change the legislation. Yep. It seems to be a pattern to me. As I say, I've watched this for a long time now and watched it from just sitting back on the south coast here and talking to the people that are up there living in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, they they, they neighbour the park up there, Kosciuszko. Um, well, I sort of, I'll talk mostly about Kosciuszko, um, but it's right across Australia. You know, there's several areas where Brumbies live, as you mentioned, but yeah, the people that I've been speaking to mostly, some of them are in Victoria, but most of them, yeah, like, you know, in the high country, they've been living and working up there forever. And, um, yeah, that was, they definitely were shooting way too close to people's properties. Um, yeah, at the moment, they still do aerial culling of, um, they tell you that it's of deer and pigs. Um, but they accidentally shoot the horses. So even the aerial shooting of the deers and the pigs, you know, because that's not what we're yeah. talking about, but how many shots are fired and how many of those animals are injured and then are not, like, captured and treated or anything, you know, just injured and then oh, they heaven. either die. Captured and treated, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly, Glenna. Um, so... I know uh, the people that have firsthand seen horses wandering around with their jaw shot out and they can, they're just trying to get a drink. They can't get a drink. They die of thirst because their jaw's been shot out. Now, wow. you, from the air, now you just imagine this, from the air with a machine gun, so we're talking how many shots fired. Who knows? Nobody knows. Like it just rounds and rounds and rounds, just spraying bullets everywhere. So there's no way you're going to get a kill shot from the air with a machine gun. What you are going to do, without a doubt, is put numerous holes in whatever gets shot so that there could be who knows what will get shot. Um I would be thinking that the easiest target has to be the Brumbies because just think about how animals behave. Now, if you frighten a pig, what happens? He goes for the bushes, doesn't he? Sure. Like, I know that. I've been riding in the bush. I've seen the, <laughs> the pigs. They, you know, you, you come across a big cleared area that's been made by the pigs. They've bulldozed the trees down and ploughed the area. It looks like it's ready for a garden. And that's made by the pig. The pig sees you and he runs for the bushes. So when pigs are frightened, they just run and hide in the bushes. 
when deer are frightened, they just run for the bushes. When horses are frightened, they herd together and get out in the open where they can go fast and gallop. Any, yep. any horse yep. person would know this. Um, so it makes them a very easy target as far as shooting shooting them, but it doesn't make them an easy target for a kill shot. So there's, golly, I've, I would be flat out saying, like imagining that any of them get killed. Like they just, they just stagger into a waterway and die and make the waterway toxic. Mm, mm. You know, or they die out in the field and then all the wild dogs come out later and chow down on them. Yep, yep. And, you yep. know, then you've got a really healthy wild dog population because they're very well fed. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cruel. You know, the mares normally, ad- they die aborting their foals. Mm. They normally can't run anymore because they they have to lay down and their foals being aborted. Just that's what their body just does. It starts aborting the foal. There's like there's whole like there's photos of numerous mares in one photograph, all with half aborted foals. Wow. So they're all dead, dead as doornails. But that would have taken could you imagine how horrific that pain oh, would be? Absolutely. You know, I mean, we're talking about the counting. The counting is flawed. What's a new way? What's a better way to count? Well, the um, the system that I've heard uh, the specialists talking about that uh, that's recommended uh, that they see would be a, a very accurate count. Um, it's a flyover. And they take video footage while they count. So you'd have um, two people counting and two people videoing. And then they get back later on and they compare the notes and they make sure that they're both very, very close in their numbers. Um, But, yeah, uh, they, they think looking at that, it would only take them about two days and they could do a flyover in this instance, they'd be able to see and record where the more populated pockets are and where there's very few or no brumbies at all, um, you know, to be able to get a proper count of exactly how many are out there. Yes, because if the horses are flying over and going from one area or one flyover to the next you, I mm. suppose if you've got the video, you've got the evidence and you can say, hang on, these, this mob here were, um, this herd, you know, they've already been counted. That's right. And, and yeah. you can recognise them, you know, um, you know they, it, it avoids double counting. Yep. And it also, like, now these people, you've got to understand, and this is what I've come to know over many years of studying this subject, um, the people that are up there with the horses frequently, they actually know the horses. Like they actually, they have names for them. Mm. You know, like you'll see a little post come on my chart here and it'll say rest in peace, you know, Rocco or whatever they call him, you know, that he's one of the the iconic stallions that him and his family have been living up there for years and years and years. And um, and he's now dead. He's been shot, shot, and he's just crawled away and died 
and the, and so the people have gone up there to photograph him because um, there's lots of people. Um, I shouldn't say lots, but there's there's a handful of really amazing people that they go up there and and all they're there to do is photograph them. Yep. And so these people, they know where the Brumbies are, so they because they can go straight to them, mm-hmm. and they know who the Brumbies are. They know the different families. And so when you see these stunning, stunning photographs, yep. when you see these stunning photographs of Brumbies, they're taken by people that are absolutely passionate about the Brumbies and they actually know the Brumbies. Yes, yes. So, it's quite so to do your, your, your flyover system with your video and your counting, mm-hmm. it would be really, really accurate. Well, certainly a lot more accurate than now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but much better than software in the office. Yes, yes, yes. So, Julianne, <laughs> what you're saying is you want the killing to stop until we know exactly how many are there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, wouldn't that be the sensible thing, you know, that um, oh, how, like, why? So you go, all right, we've admitted, like, we just sort of, gather this together in one sentence. We've admitted that the numbers are incorrect. Uh, we know how to count them, and but hang on a minute. We we won't let you in to count them. We're not going to we're not going to count them until we've killed them. Yeah, that's basically what's going on right yeah. now. Yep, we're going to kill them all and then count them. Mm. That's really what we're looking at. Like we really, really are looking at a, a situation here, a so-called management plan, where um, the Brumbies are they're facing down the barrel of extinction. Brumbies will become extinct because the ones that get rehomed, they're called the lucky ones, when they get rehomed, they've got to be gelded. They stipulate that we geld them. There's very few stallions that live in captivity. Okay. They bring them in and help them. So they're not going to continue on. The Brumby line, the heritage-listed line, won't continue, whether it be domestic or wild. What's the solution then? You're saying let's count them properly, let's fly over the whole park, videoing as we go, you know, two people counting and two people videoing, and, and should take about two days. So, yes, there's an expense, but... You know, I mean, when we talk about the government budget, that's fairly minimal. Stop the killing until there's a new count so that we know exactly what there is. And the management plan, I think that how many should be there at the moment? How many should be there in in all the different parks or which, you know, we're talking about Snowy Mountain Park? Yeah, Kosciuszko, they say that there's there's legislation states that there's supposed to be 3,000 of them up there that are protected. Yep. And how many do you think from talking to the people that are actually, you know, actually in the area, that ride in the area, how many do they say there is at the moment? The people that are going up there both on foot and under saddle, Mm -hmm. I've heard it as low as 1,500. So much lower than what the actual um, management plan says. Well, yeah, the management plan are working off 23,000. But the, the, the management man is working towards 3,000, is that right? That's what they're telling us. Yeah. But they've also told us that the figures are flawed. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, tell me what people should do if they want to have a say on this. So um, 
if you can get in before September 11, isn't that an ironic date? Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah, if you get in before 9-11, you can put your two bobs worth forward and, um, and, and pro, you know, like in protest to the aerial cult. Um, it won't necessarily stop the on-foot culling, um, you know, but the the big thing that Peter Cochran, he's been the, the I'll call him a leader, um, he's been amazing at being a Brumby advocate um, for decades now. Uh, he actually, you know, his big thing is said, moving forward right now, he said, A, we all need to band together. Mm-hmm. So no in-house squabbling about the rehoming of Brumbies or the foot shooting or the aerial culling or the any part of it. Recognise that every single person is of the same agenda on that side of the fence. All we want to do is see the Brumbies safe. Mm-hmm. So his message that he wanted to deliver was that all the Brumby advocates band together because you're only going to be of any power through Parliament if you're in great numbers. So, you know, we need as many people as possible in the public, general public, to know what's going on. Um, I've seen um, so far that uh, the only thing that the general public knows is what comes on the TV at night where they're talking about, you know, the feral horse and they're, you know, trampling the corroboree frog, frog and there's 23,000 of them up there and there's a, they're in plague proportion. Um, this is what uh, is being advertised by the government. And so the only thing we can do moving forward at the moment is... Ev- is share the message of the absolute facts and let people know that they can speak up, uh, they can put submissions into the government, um, and it's really easy. Just Google it and you'll find where to put that submission into. Um, even write to me and I'll send you the link. That's no worries at all um, on where to put a submission in. Um, but the, the the real big deal is that first port of call got to stop stop the killing of the Brumbies, you know, stop the aerial cull. That's the, the they're the big that's the biggie. Okay. And, and to be able to do it, it's got to got to happen with everybody banding together. You can't be having your own opinion on this and your own opinion on that. It's just if you want the Brumbies safe, everybody band together in, as one unit. All right. So I've got some links here as well from Jenny, and I will certainly get a link. So if you want to find out what that link is that Julianne's saying, go to her or go to horsechats.com. And if you just search for Julianne or search for Humphreys, you'll have all of her chats come up, not just the one about the Brumbies, but, you know, just tips to becoming a better horse person. All about Julianne, lunging, teaching, riding, training. She's got some solutions for the racing industry. And I just think if you go there, have a look, listen to her other chats as well, because you get a bit passionate about these things, Julianne. <laughs> you're, um, you know, you're yeah. a great, great advocate for the horse. 
So um, I think go there and we'll make sure that there's some links there that you can have a look at as well. So that would be great. No, well, just uh, one little thing that I would like to add mm. that I, I'm not sure how this huge imbalance has happened in society, in, you know, I'll call it society, in this, you know, um, where one of my chats, you just mentioned chats that I'd done in the past, mm. was about thoroughbreds. Yes. Now, how is it that there's huge advocates for looking after, you know, and there's huge measures looking after uh, uh, the racehorses and any any horse these days that's involved in any horse sport whatsoever, there's there's a huge animal liberation movement looking after them. How is it that the same species that is our heritage icon doesn't get the same respect? Yeah. Yep, It'll be a really sad day if our children don't ever get to see a Snowy Mountains Brumby. Yes, yes, for sure. That's, yep. you know, yeah, that's where I, because I'm in the middle of both sides mm. of it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm into horse sport. I've raced horses. I've done horse sport, love a rodeo, you know, and then, you know, and I even respect what abattoirs do and, you know, that, you know, people might have to shoot the odd Brumby if it's trying to break through their fences or something, you know, to get into their mares or something like that. Absolutely. But how is it that, you know, they're the same species, but they're, they're treated so differently? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to be able to see, we want to be able to take the kids up the mountains and show them a Brumby. Yep. Yep. Mm. And explain why they're there. Yes. Yeah. Julianne, thank you very much. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get you back again soon, but hopefully all goes well. And we certainly will be putting some links at the bottom of your page for people to um, be able to have a say about this. Oh, wonderful. And I'll share this as much as I can because I just think the public need to know what's going on. Most definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Glenna. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.